Um, I, <laughs> I'm not the greatest tester for endurance, um, endurance based tests. Um, and I think that was a bit of a mindset thing as well, kind of coming through, but, um, I tried to impress in my drills instead, try and make up for it there. So, um, at the end of the day, it's just a test and, um, they're not going to judge your whole footy career on it. So, um, yeah, I think that was kind of how I wrap my head around it. You're listening to the one-on-one football podcast, the number one podcast for Aussie rules, training, coaching, and development tips. Welcome back to the one-on-one football podcast. Andrew Rains here, founder of one-on-one football. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Harry Simington. How you going, mate? Yeah, thanks, Rainsy. Good to be, good to be back, mate. Going well. We're still in, in lockdown here in Melbourne, of course, but um, we've had some great news this week that, uh, that outdoor recreation is back, so... Um, our Melbourne-based coaches can, can reconnect with their athletes one-on-one, which is fantastic. But um, it also means I can finally get back to the golf course and uh, start slicing golf balls into the water again. So, um, <laughs> so that's good news. Um, Rainsy, question for you, mate. Um, who was your favourite speaker at the Footy IQ Online Masterclass last week? Yeah, it was a, f- a fantastic day, that, wasn't it? And a, a good lead into the grand final. Obviously, we're, we're pre-recording this in, in time, so obviously going to be a bit later in, in the date um, that our listeners listen to now. But... Um, yeah, the, my favourite, it's hard to go past Took and Katie, wasn't it? Um, you know, they're just bouncing off each other. Um, incredible um, insight to, to all Australians um, and really fortunate to get those two um, guys on board to, uh, to give up their time, especially such a busy schedule they both have. But, yeah, they were, they're outstanding. Obviously, the other coaches were, were magnificent in, in their keynote um, presentations. But, yeah, they were the standout for me. You? Yeah, I'd, I'd lean toward Katie and Tuke as well. Um, I actually really enjoyed Josh Fraser's presentation on, on personal development plans. We, he, um, he shared a little template that he uses with his um, with his VFL players, which I thought was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I was, um, I, I was hooked by Fraser. So uh, just to be different, I'll, I'll, I'll say Fraser's one. Hmm. No, we're looking forward to launching more of those and, and stay tuned for, uh, for our services uh, that we, we keep releasing. And, and, and one of those is the, the, uh, the online masterclasses with uh, building our footy IQ and knowledge for coaches and, and footballers. Now, Harry, we, we've finished up uh, talking to this week's guest, um, rising star Ellie McKenzie, or she's already probably a star, um, who's, who's pretty big in the AFLW now after her first year. Um, she grew up in Melbourne. Um, she played for Fitzroy Juniors. Uh, and obviously uh, Northern Knights in the NAB League. Um, she was a number one pick um, and the AFLPA's best first year player uh, last year. Um, and something I do have in common with her, even though we're probably around 15 years apart in age, um, both got a uh, runner-up in the Richmond Best and Ferris, so um, a great tie there to the, uh, to the football club. Um, what can our listeners expect um, from today's episode? Yeah, absolutely. We, we had a great chat. Um, Ellie's a very well-spoken um, young person and um, uh, has a really sort of great attitude on, on football and a really good perspective on, on development. Um, some of my favourite things from um, from the chat were, um, were sort of how she reflected on her debut se- season at Richmond. She doesn't get um, caught in the in the headlights, I don't think. She's got a, um, a, a really good head on her shoulders. Um, she spoke to us as well about... Um, how the the development plan at Richmond um, uh, really incorporates working on your weapons in uh, in addition to um, to the to the, the areas of improvement, which is something that we're huge on here at the um, at one on one football. Um, obviously, um, friend of the show, Katie Brennan. She she spoke about Katie's influence um, and and how her leadership's really helped her sort of um, find a feet in um, in the AFLW. Um, obviously, quite similar players, um, midfield, um, and and also um, have that ability to play up forward as well. Um, so a great role model there for um, for Ellie. 
Um, and for the younger listeners out there, um, she, she went into great detail about how she juggled high school and, um, and the under 18s year leading into the draft. Um, so yeah, once again, um, we've got a, we've got a great, um, a great guest on the show. I think she's our third number one draft pick, Ranzi. We've, um, we've, we've already had three on and we're only at episode 13. We're rolling out the big guns, aren't we? Hey? Yeah, no, she's, um, she's, Shift she's to Shane to be happy with that. The great talent uh, manager for the AFL, um, getting all the top line draft picks uh, on the show. So yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Without a doubt, if you want to get drafted, just listen to the podcast. Can we, can we, can we be that crew, Ranzi? <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. We'll try. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We, we had a great chat with Ellie, guys, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll jump into it straight away. So this is uh, episode number 13 with uh, rising star Richmond's Ellie McKenzie. Ellie McKenzie, welcome to the show. We've, uh, we've had you on our radar for a while now, so thanks for taking the time to, to jump on and, and uh, have a chat to us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Now, let's set the scene a little bit for the listeners. Um, it's the 1st of October at the, the time we're recording the podcast. So the men's season has just finished, but for the girls, preseason is in full swing. Um, where are you at with your training at the moment? And what does a regular week look like for an AFLW player at this time of year? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy with all the COVID stuff that's going on at the moment. It's changed our plans a little bit. But um, at the moment, um, with our induction period starting just this week, we're in four times a week. We'll train Monday, Wednesday, um, Thursday and then we'll have a Saturday session as well so um, it's pretty big commitment and all the girls who work full-time I know um, this part of the year is a bit of a struggle to get into the, the rhythm of things but um, for me slowly working through um, a bit of rehab it's it's good to get in with the girls and see all the faces and get stuck into pre-season again. Oh, that's great great to hear pre-season in full swing and just on that note of, uh, of obviously going from sort of off-season to, to pre-season and and then into the season, there's obviously always the importance of having passions outside of footy. Um, take your mind off things. Obviously, it can get pretty full on during the season and, and in, definitely in pre-season. Have you got um, anything that sort of takes your mind off things, hobbies, study, um, anything you're doing currently? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a massive footy head, so I definitely need something outside of that to kind of focus on. Um, so for me, I'm doing uni at the moment, um, just part-time doing a Bachelor of Business at Swinburne. So that's keeping me pretty busy. Um, even though it's online, it's still a good little distraction that I have that um, I can just kind of do on the side and then go into the club at, um, in the afternoon. And um, yeah, it kind of keeps my mind off things. And um, I've had a few little hobbies in, in COVID lockdown. So I've been doing a bit of drawing, which is a bit of a new one for me. So um, just trying to keep my well-being up. That's great. Drawing, what, uh, what, what are, you, are you painting? Are you sketching? What, uh, what, are, your, what are your subjects as well? What do you, what do you draw? I think more sketching. I'm not a great drawer. I've, I can more copy things off of photos. So I try and sketch little cartoons, but um, yeah, not not that serious, just a bit of fun. <laughs> Love it. That's great. That's great. And um, so Ellie, before we talk about your AFLW career, which we'll touch on shortly, um, I'd love to hear about your junior career. Obviously you played at Fitzroy. Um, it's well documented that, you're, that your family have been a great support for you over the years. Um, you grew up with your brother, Tom, who's two years older than you and, and went on to be rookie listed at North Melbourne. Um, I'm curious to know what it was like growing up um, alongside Tom, being so close in age, but knowing that, that his pathway uh, wasn't available to you purely because there was no women's competition at the time. Yeah, um, it's definitely an, an interesting one to think about. I think me going through my junior career, it didn't really come across my mind that I wasn't really going to have that same opportunity. I think it didn't really hit me until um, I was maybe 14 and then um, the AFLW competition came in anyway. So I think for me, I just loved playing footy and playing with the boys was really enjoyable and um, they were all really accepting of me and 
Um, I had that really good relationship with Tom because of sport that we were both so passionate about. So um, I think, yeah, we just both enjoyed playing and um, playing together as well and going for a kick and going to watch the footy with dad as well. Um, it was a big part of our childhood. Um, but yeah, I think um, as I got to the older years, it was a little bit evident that, of course, I wasn't going to have that pathway. And um, there would have been a few times where I thought, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to do because footy was kind of my whole life. And um, I loved it so much, but yeah, luckily enough for me, I think I've been in the perfect age bracket of um, coming into AFLW. It's been established for a few seasons now, and um, I think for me, it was kind of the perfect time that it did come about. Yeah, beautiful. And um, and obviously, Tom um, playing the VFL now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's playing for Coburg in the VFL. Beautiful. And um, and and do you guys train together much, or I guess in lockdown you've um, you've spent a bit more time together? How do you guys help each other? Um, yeah, develop um, develop your footy skills. Yeah, it was definitely big in um my draft year, I think. So last year, all those lockdowns that we had, we did train a lot together. Um, it was just good to have someone to kick the footy with. So it was. I felt really um, lucky that I did have him because I know a lot of people in my position um might have been only children or. Um, they didn't have um, parents who would go and keep the footy with them. So it was good that I had Tom. I could just go do my running session. He might have his a different running session to do, but then we could come together and have a kick and um, kind of keep up our skills. So, um, yeah, I was really lucky that I did have him. Well, it definitely paid uh, dividends, Ellie, in your first season. was an incredible one. Um, after being, um, obviously, the number one pick, um, you went on to win the AFLPA's Best First Year Player and come equal second to the Richmond Best and Ferris, um, which is a... A huge achievement for an 18-year-old. Um, how did you reflect on your debut season? Obviously, it's uh, it's looking back, there's always some uh, things you sort of pick up on, on reflection, but you're full steam ahead now. But do you have a bit of time to reflect on your first year? Yeah, I think it hasn't really sunk in still, I don't think. Um, hearing you rattle those things off is still pretty crazy in my head. So, um, yeah, I mean, I loved every moment of that season and it was everything I dreamed it would be and more and... Um, I guess to have those awards at the end of the year was kind of just a little added bonus, a um, little cherry on top, I guess, um, of that season that I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, we didn't really have the success that we probably wanted, but um, I think as a club, um, we took that as a bit of a development year and, and hopefully um, in the next few seasons we'll be pushing for finals and have a bit more success. But um, yeah, I think I've found a little bit of time to reflect and just, yeah, I think it's just so crazy that I'm I'm actually in this position that I am in and um, it's my childhood dream. So yeah, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I've been lucky enough to, to actually watch you live and this is a bit of a, bit of a strange one, but I've actually sat next to your dad at, uh, at Punt Road during one of your games. Really? I was, yeah. I was there watching Katie and I found myself, I think in between your parents and, um, I think it was Sarah Hosking's family. Now Sarah's poor mom was quite panic stricken every time her daughter went near the ball, but um, it was a very physical game from memory. But in contrast, um, I don't think I've ever seen someone so calmly engrossed in the game as your dad was on that day. Um, how important has his support been for your career to date? Um, and is he always that calm and, and, and focused on your footy? <laughs> yeah, he's always been like that. I think calm's probably not the right word. I think he's just internalizing all the all the things <laughs> he's thinking and, and hoping that I'm going to play well. And um, he just, yeah, he's got that real... Um, dead eye focus of just wanting to watch me and seeing what I'm doing and then um, after every game I'll come to him and ask what I did well what I need to improve on and he's always got um, really good feedback for me and always has so um, I think I attribute a lot of my um, footy knowledge to him and um, over my junior years he's coached me a few times and 
Um, that was a, a different experience as well. But um, yeah, he's, he's got really good footy knowledge. And I think, um, yeah, that's really helped me and my brother as well. Yeah, fantastic. It's always important to have those um, key personnel in your, in your corner. And, and um, no matter what, the, obviously the family's always there and it's it's fantastic to hear. Not too sure if he taught you a fair bit. I'm sure he would have um, about being an inside midfielder. Um, so you know him for your strength in the contest. Um, not too dissimilar to the uh, to Christian Petrarca, who won the Norm Smith on uh, on uh, last last Saturday night. Um, do you bring this down to your like, physicality in the contest and strength? Um is it more of a, a mindset stuff or do you think it's your actual sort of physicality? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think I've really benefited from coming through Maribyrnong Sports Academy um, where I did my VCA. Um, they had a lot of um, gym stuff set up for us there and I was able to kind of get a hang of all of that thing, uh, all of that before I came into an AFL club and um, that's really helped me um, kind of develop my strength, I think, and my power. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of it is mindset. Um, I think for me, when I make a mistake or something or fumble the ball, then I just have this mindset of I really want to make up for it and I really want to hit the contest hard and, and bring my physicality. I know that's kind of something I have an edge over a, a few players in, in the league. So I think I try and use that to my advantage. Yeah, and, and certainly doing so. I think um, it's rare for a, for a young player um, in, in the AFL or the AFLW to, um, I guess, really assert themselves on on the contest physically in the first year i think um uh pal pepper from um from port sort of um had a, had a similar um a similar first year but um yeah it's, it's really paying off and um like you said it's a it's a it's a great edge um and i can't imagine to i can't imagine that anyone gets to to your level of skill um without doing some form of extra top-up training um whether it's putting in reps by yourself before training or seeking someone out to, to help challenge your skills further um what extra training did you do growing up um, outside of, of club training, whether it's Knights or um, or Fitzroy, to, to help develop your, your footy skills and, and give you that edge? Yeah, I, I definitely did do some extras um, kind of leading into the draft and a few years before that as well. Um, as I said before, I was just really lucky that I was at Maribyrnong. Um, they had all the facilities I needed to kind of do that. And um, my, my best mate, Jess Fitzgerald, who... Also got drafted. Um, we kind of work closely together, especially in our draft year. And um, we'd go in before school, um, get in maybe 6.30, um, do a gym session, um, have a kick of the footy, and then I guess have our school day and then um, probably go to NAB League training after that. So, um, yeah, I think I also really enjoyed having a bit of a routine and, and getting those extras in kind of early in the day and, and then having school and then I could um, have my um, training after school as well. So... Um, yeah, I think a lot of that power that I do have is kind of because of that. Yeah, super important, the extras. And obviously, building the old theory of those 10,000 hours um, is, is important. Obviously, put the hours in and, and obviously get the results. But just on the on the, um, on the the theme of extras, um, do you still do some away from the club um, these days? And if so, how, how do you manage your workload to ensure you're developing um, your football while not overtraining now. Disclosure, there's no one from the Richmond Football Club listening to this, or there could be, so um, far away. Um, yeah, there's definitely a fine line, I think, between doing too much and doing some extras. So I think I definitely try and get into club into the club on the off days, do a bit of recovery, um, then maybe get a bit of skills in or a bit of extra gym um, at the moment, um, just focusing on the rehab. But I think last year um, I, I would try and get in um, – on almost all the off days, um, just so I thought I would get that extra edge of recovery and 
and get a bit of touch in as well. So, um, yeah, I think it was definitely important and um, also using coaches like they're there for your, for you. So um, trying to use those resources as much as I could. And the AFW season so short and it goes past in a flash. So, um, yeah, I tried to make the most of it, I think. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned before the routine that you had um, back in high school. So you'd go before school, do a bit of training, um, you spend the day at school and then leave to for, for NAB League. Um, coming straight out of high school and going straight into the AFLW, how did you find the transition um, when you didn't have that, that structured routine from um, high school? Obviously, you had to do it in the middle of a, of a global pandemic as well, um, just to just to make things a little bit more difficult. Um, how did you handle that, that transition and, um, and, and do you have a routine that you've built yourself now? Yeah, it was definitely difficult and coming into the club with all the restrictions, as you said, is... Um, it was hard to kind of get to know everyone, but at the same time, it was it was almost a good thing because we had these groups of 10 that we'd be training in and I could get to know that, that group of 10 and um, learn all their names. And then um, instead of being thrown into the deep and I guess with um, learning everyone's names, all the coaches and all that. So um, I think that transition was actually okay. It kind of slowly built us draft days in. And um, I think the, re- the routine that I did have at school was um, definitely a help as well. Um, but not having that kind of um, nine to three thirty day of school left a big gap in my day, especially since AFLW's you know, in the afternoon. So um, I think I struggled a little bit there early on, but um, I've got the hang of things now. I think, and with uni as well, that's kind of filled a hole. So um, yeah, I think I've got a good routine now. Yeah, for sure. And now, typically player managers don't get the same level of, atten- uh, of attention as their athletes. But I want to put the spotlight on your manager, Alex, for a second. Um, shout out to Alex for um, for giving the tick of approval to come on the show. Um, <laughs> now, for those that don't know Alex, she's an absolute weapon. Um, she's killing it at the moment, looking after uh, the best AFLW players, not just yourself, but, um, but Katie Brennan, who's a friend of the show, um, Taylor Harris, Maddie Prasparkas, the list goes on. Um, her company's called More Than Management, which I've heard is a very accurate reflection of the care that she provides her athletes with. Um, how much have you relied on Alex's support, not only throughout your first year in the AFLW, but, but also during the whole draft process? Um, she's been with you right from the start. Yeah, she has. Um, she's been massive for me, definitely. And kind of, as you mentioned before, when she approached me and my family to kind of see if we could get something together, she really emphasized the fact that we were going to have um, more more of a personal relationship rather than a, than kind of an athlete manager relationship. And that was something that really stood out to me. And Alex was a massive help for me in, in my draft year. And um, she was able to get some extra resources together for me, um, even though it was in COVID and um, get some weights for me and um, things like that. And she was always kind of just that person on my shoulder that um, I could go to if I was stressing about the draft or anything like that. So um, and she was um, at my at at my house on draft night as well, so it was good to kind of share the experience with her. And she'd put a lot of effort into kind of getting me um, to where I was. So um, yeah, I was really grateful for her. And um, going forward, last year she was really good. Or last season she was really good for me as well, just um, being a massive support. So yeah, I'm very grateful to have her in my corner. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, obviously, I've, I've been involved with a lot of the uh, the play managers, and we've, I think we've discussed briefly on this show before about people, young people coming through the draft, boys or girls. How much um, how much importance do you sort of um, put on not worrying about too much about getting a manager? Because I know a lot of the boys that I work with um, that uh, that are looking and, and a bit stressed about 
signing with the right manager and things like that, um, or you know, find the balance between actually you know just going out there and playing footy and, and letting the rest sort of um, uh, take care of itself. Obviously, you're a highly rated junior and a, a, obviously the number one pick. Was it a process that was a bit sort of um, daunting at the time? And, and any recommendations out there for for young uh, girls that are going through a similar process? Yeah, I think for me um, coming into that um, draft year, I kind of had the mindset of just play footy, um, enjoy it, um, and and if anything comes from it in terms of um, management, then um, you know take that. But I think for me, it was just focusing about on my footy and and doing the best that I could. Um, and then I was lucky that Alex did come along. But um, I think in AFLW especially, um, it's not needed that you do need a manager so I don't think it would be something that everyone should be stressing about I remember having a presentation from uh the AFL at my I think I was bottom age Vic Metro um they did a big presentation on um player management and a few other things as well but they kind of emphasize that um it's not you don't really need a manager to be playing AFLW um you can do it without so um I think that was something that probably stuck in a lot of our heads but um I think, yeah, I was, I'm really lucky that Alex did kind of approach me and I think that was just off the back of me focusing on my footy and trying not to worry about external things like that. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, and a side note, um, we understand you're a Hawthorne supporter growing up. Um, were there any players from the Hawthorne team? Obviously, it was a great era in your time growing up. Um, uh, was there any team, um, sorry, in that team or any particular players um, that you sort of modelled your game on? Yeah, it was a pretty successful period, that's for sure. It almost felt like we were gearing up for a grand final every year when I was younger, so um, it was pretty good. But uh, Isaac Smith was someone that I really looked up to as a kid. Um, Early on, I was a bit more of a winger, and um, with his left foot, um, I kind of looked up to that. And um, yeah, he was someone that I tried to model my game on early on. A bit sad to see him go to Geelong, but um, he was was probably my childhood hero growing up. Yeah, awesome. And dumb... And I guess uh, over the, um, as the AFRW uh, came around, there became um, female role models as well in, in, in the footy space, which is fantastic. And um, I want to ask you about um, the Richmond skipper, Katie Brennan. Um, we obviously know her quite well um, here, here in the show and um, away from the club. But what's your relationship like with Katie? And internally, um, how, at Punt Road internally, how important has her leadership been um, for not only you, but, but, but all the younger players? Yeah, Katie's been massive and I think it's something I've copped a bit of flack for, um, how much I hyped her up coming into the draft and and even into the club as well. So um, I think I'll always say that Katie's such a great person and um, great footballer, but um, even better person. So um, yeah, very grateful to have her and and I know for all the draftees coming in this year and, and for me and the other girls who did come in last year, she was a massive help. She was always there. If you needed anything, you could just go to her. Um, and I think her leadership that she's brought to Richmond is um, something that they probably haven't seen before. And um, she's a bit of an iconic player in the AFLW. So um, I think she's going to lead us into a really good period. And she's been able to lead us through this period of a little bit, um, not too much success, but um, she's led us through really well. And um, I think everyone really trusts her. And um, there's no one you'd rather have than her as a skipper, I think, in my opinion. 
Yeah, we love her, don't we, Harry? She's um she's obviously a full big friend of the show and done a few things for us. So um yeah, she's just um, unreal to sort of listen to with the episode we had a on on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um obviously just those things you pick up and no doubt in person would be amazing, Ali, to work to work with her. Um, you, you spoke about the future in the next sort of next um, let's let's call it the next sort of three to five years. Um, within now there's it's just such a, a great pathway now for for um for young girls and, and coming through the system where do you see the competition in terms of sort of the game style and that sort of um you know sort of next three or five three to five years yeah it's pretty exciting that's for sure um i think having these girls come through now i think my year and maybe the year before that probably the first lot of girls who have come through playing all the way from auskick through the whole pathway and then into the aflw so I think we'll start to see the benefits of that um, in the next um, two to three years even, um, having these girls come through who are who are very skilled and, and they'll bring the um, competition up as they come through. So I think that's the most exciting thing for me and you'll, I'm sure you'll see the game get quicker and, um, yeah, higher skilled and um, it'll be different um, if you compare back to that round one we saw at um, Icon Park, um, Carlton Collingwood. Um, everyone thought that was great, but then you compare it to where we are now and you can see the difference and to think that it's going to be even better in three to five years is really exciting. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. And um, obviously people like yourself are, um, I guess, showing that that, that pathway is um, is there. And, and like you said, the, the benefits are, are only going to come um, probably quicker than, than, than what we expect. Um, so moving to the season upcoming, um, obviously we know you're, you're already an extremely well-rounded player, but what, what are your... Um, what part of your game are you looking to, to build on for next season? Yeah, there's a few things that I've kind of addressed with the coaching staff um, when we've had talks pre-season about what I would improve on. I think the main thing that has been kind of an improvement for me um, is my aerobic capacity, um, something that I've been trying to focus on and, and hopefully after this rehab phase I'll I'll be able to focus on that even more. But I think that'll just help me get to more contests as a midfielder and um, and then impact those contests hopefully as well. So I think that would be one of the main things, but um, also trying to work on being a bit more versatile and um, knowing that I can play forward and mid and, and trying to work with that. And um, I think I'll try and do a bit more forward craft um, as we come through pre-season and, and I'll work on that. Um, but I think, yeah, those would probably be the two things I'm, I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah, awesome. And for the, the people out there that aren't familiar with, um, with, with how an AFLW club works, um, do you come up with a development plan? So you mentioned you sit down with the coaches. Do you come up with a development plan at, at the start of the year? Um, is there like a, a document that you use and you and you refer to throughout the year? Um, what does that whole process look like of identifying what you want to build your preseason on um, and then going out and executing that? Yeah, yeah, we definitely have a development plan. Um, we've got we've been put into groups of I think uh, maybe six or seven, um, and we all have one coach that we're assigned to as kind of our development coach and. And we meet with them kind of throughout pre-season. We put together a document where uh, we can write down what our strengths are um, or we like to call them our weapons, um, what our weapons are and um, how we can improve our weapons as well because that's also a massive focus. And and then also looking at areas of improvement and who we can go to, what we can do and and all of that jazz um, about how we can improve those those things. So. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big process that we go through, but um, hopefully we'll reap the rewards at the end of the season. 
That's fantastic. And and just on that, your ADP, do you mind sharing sort of the cup? You don't have to share everything, but um, what's what's sort of the, the things you're sort of working on? Um, that obviously we touched on for your contest work and, and things like that. What's what's some of your, your key weapons in your game? Um, yeah, I think the main thing I had down is one of my weapons was my confidence to play in multiple roles, as I kind of mentioned before. Um, being able to play forward and mid um, was something that the coaches and I kind of addressed as maybe one of my strengths. Um, but yeah, obviously looking to um, continue to improve that. Um, I think a few areas of improvement I had written on that sheet um, were working on my physicality in, in the contest. Um, obviously having a bit more of a bigger body is a, an advantage. So, um, And we're looking to have a, uh, a few more inside mids join. So I think there's a few of us all working together to um, improve our physicality at, at the contest. So um, yeah, there's a few things written down there. Fantastic. And uh touched just briefly on before so an area for improvement or, or something you're trying to get better at is, is your endurance do you do the 2k time trial is that where you get tested at we have a bit of a different one um we have a six minute run so um i definitely would rather that than a 2k it's a lot shorter which is good <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a good one because um it's more like the finish line is more up to you rather than you've got to run that two kilometers it's kind of like you can push yourself to how far you want to push yourself so i think it's a it's a good test that's uh, and then so coming through the just for our younger listeners out there obviously it's always a the biggest question i get asked with young footballers too when are we doing the 2k when are we doing the beep test or, or now the yo-yo test because it's the hardest what's um did you could you give us any of your pbs on your 2k or yo-yo or anything like that coming through for just for our younger listeners um i <laughs> i'm not the greatest tester for endurance um, endurance-based tests, but I think my NAB League best 2K would have been, I think, in between 8.30 and 8.50, something like that, um, which I know is definitely probably below average. Um, but I think the thing that I tried to focus on, I knew that I wasn't a great tester, um, but um, and I think that was a bit of a mindset thing as well, kind of coming through, but um, I tried to impress in my drills instead try and make up for it there so um, at the end of the day it's just a test and um, they're not going to judge your whole footy career on it so um, yeah I think that was kind of how I wrapped my head around it yeah you've absolutely nailed that I think that's yeah that, that, that's great advice we can we talk about it so much on, on the show pretty much with every guest that we talk to but um, getting getting lost in um, harping over the things you need to work on and actually forgetting to build your game around like you said your weapons um, and if, if you can, especially coming through the draft, if you can show that there's something that you're um, exceptionally good at, then clubs are going to look at that and take you, you know, at the very least just on potential that you've got that weapon. Um, so I think that's a that's a fantastic lesson for anyone out there uh, looking to, to um, yeah, get on the list. So um, just moving on, are, are there any teammates that you think this year, Ellie, um, or it can be anyone uh, across the AFL, um, AFLW that, that you um, know particularly, are there any um, are there any players that you think will have a, a breakout year in the coming season? Um, anyone that we should keep our keep our eye on? Yeah, um, that's an interesting one. I think um, a, a good friend of mine that um, has, she's recently had so- shoulder surgery um, a couple of months ago, Gabby Newton, um, former dra- uh, number one draft pick. I think she's set to have a big year. Um, she's had a few injury kind of scares and niggles along the way and hasn't been able to kind of show herself completely. I think she'd be someone to watch um, from the doggies. Um, I think from Richmond, um, obviously the likes of Monique Conti, she's always going to have a, a ripper season. Um, but I think looking at a few of the younger girls, hopefully they'll 
um, be able to impress and, and hopefully see a few of the draft days come in and, and impact as well. Um, I couldn't pick a, a set person to, to kind of look for, but um, I think across the board, just looking at the new girls coming through, I know they're always so exciting to watch and, and they always impact immediately when they get in. So um, I think that would probably be my, my people to watch. Yeah, it seems like there's a fair bit of talent coming through at the Tigers um, in the AFLW space. It's really important, obviously, something to try and emulate with the male program there and um, hopefully some success not around, uh, too far around the corner for you guys and uh, I'm wishing you all the best for that. So just on, on the sort of the uh, – on a bit of the lead-in said before about the aspiring AFLW players coming through, young girls, um, what's, what's some of the tips or any sort of uh, words of advice you'd – um, give those girls that in particular probably coming through the talent pathways now is there any sort of things that sort of stand out to you that you'd pass on um, I think the main thing would just be enjoying that experience of playing under 18 footy um, it's a lot different to AFLW and and you get really close with the girls who are all your age and and it's a great experience I would just say really enjoy it um, in terms of kind of um, more footy central I would advise to like as we talked before kind of focus on your weapons and and um, really improve them and that'll get you seen by clubs and um, yeah I think that would be a thing to focus on obviously um, working on your, your areas of improvement as well but I think focus on something that you're really good at and and use that as your weapon and um, and hopefully that'll get you seen yeah that's that's fantastic um that's about all we've got time for today ellie we'll um we'll wrap it up there thanks so much for for taking the time out of your, out of your schedule to to join us on the the one-on-one football podcast i know i speak on behalf of, of rainsy and the listeners um out there when i when i say that we've we've thoroughly enjoyed the chat and um and learned a lot in the process um you've got a fantastic perspective on footy and um and yeah an extremely bright future ahead of you um so yeah we can't wait to, to watch how your career evolves from what's been an incredible first season um, and hopefully a few more wins on the board for the for the tigers in 2022 so uh thanks for thanks for jumping on ellie Ah, oh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks for listening to the One on One Football Podcast. If you got something out of today's episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay updated on special guests, new episodes, and more, please subscribe to the show on your chosen platform. And finally, if you have any questions for Rainsy or myself, or you want to get a particular guest on the show, please reach out. Our email address is podcast at oneononefootball.com.au. Thanks, guys. We'll see you for the next episode.